at the beginning of this series, I gave you the miracles that are attributed to the life of Christ, all but three. And then we took time to go through and explain to you the difference between miracles, signs, and wonders, because I wanted you to understand that miracles, signs, and wonders are not synonymous. They have a different meaning, and they have a different effect on the lives of people. And once you understand the difference between miracles, signs, and wonders, you never look at the things the same. Because you've got to ask yourself, what is the purpose of God's interaction in this activity? Today we're going to be dealing with what would have been the third miracle in the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we enter into it, I'd like to take you to John 14, 12 from the Message Translation. Different insights can be gained by reading different translations of the Holy Writ. This from the message says, Believe me, I am in my Father, and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things, because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. I'm giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it from now on. Whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I love the way the message is. Open this up. Now you know why Brother Sean Bradley likes the message translation. It gives elucidation to certain phrases that you might have missed in some of the other translations. He doesn't say, in my name, and people think they can just say, in Jesus' name, on anything they want to pray. No. Whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen. Every time you do a good work, the Father is seen. I said, every time you do a good work, the Father is seen, just like was testified of the life of Gina. People saw God in her deeds because they were fostered in love. For who He is in the Son... I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do it. And then the extended Bible. I tell you the truth. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the same things that I do. I like the way that was put. Will do the same things that I do. Those who believe will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father, 
they will do greater things because all believers, not just Jesus, will have the Holy Spirit living in them and empowering them. Say this with me. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers, me empowers me to do the works He did. A miracle is directed to an individual. A sign is used to distinguish or confirm a word or gift, meaning a person, set apart by God. A wonder is something outside the normal realm that causes the beholder to marvel. It, it appeals to your imagination. After two, after two days, he went forth from there into Galilee. We're starting the setting of the groundwork for this miracle that is recorded in the writings of John. He left the area of the Samaritans and returned to Galilee, his homeland. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no power in his own territory. Understand this. People don't want you to do more than they're doing. This phrase, a prophet is without honor in his own country, comes from this. I don't want Brother Scott to become somebody because if he is, then that makes me look bad because I'm not. I don't want you doing any great works because that would challenge me to do great works because we come from the same place. We hang out in the same area. So if Brother David raises somebody from the dead, people might look at me and go, well, you're from the same church. How come you're not raising anybody? And just like Common Core, that abominable, damnable doctrines of Satan that has snuck into our public schools. Well, Pastor, I support Common Cause or co Common Core. Well, you just told us how stupid you are. I'm struggling. Sometimes it's hard for me to put things out where you can understand them. But Common Core says we don't want anybody up here, so we're going to keep everybody down here. And as a parent, you should raise hell that they're doing that to your children. We don't want anybody to stand out. Let's reduce it to the lowest common denominator. Hun, if nobody is succeeding, then no one else is challenged to. You see, when you take winners off the field, why play the game if everybody's going to get a trophy? I can sit on the seat and go, I got a headache, and I'll get a trophy. If your kid got a trophy for doing nothing, throw it in the trash. Well, Pastor, I don't want to hurt their feelings. No, you'd rather hurt their growth and their drive and their individuality. But he said, a prophet is out on his own home because there nobody wants you to succeed, so they're not going to co cooperate with you 
because it challenges who they are and what they're doing. He came to his own, but his own received him not. Be ready when you are busy about the Father's business. Those who are not about the Father's business will judge you, accuse you, and reject you. So just get ready for it. Not everybody's going to sing your praises when you start doing the work of the Lord. But the people you touch with God's presence will. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast. Because of the signs that attested to this ain't no normal dude, they believe based on the signs, not on the truth. For they themselves also went to the feast, and they were spectators at the signs that accompanied his word. The signs had made a name for him. His lineage had made a place for him who he was born of. Therefore he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine, and there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. The royal official refers to someone with connection to a king, a natural earthly king. So he understood the power of a king, and so he came to a spiritual king for help. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. He heard of this king of the Jews. He didn't ask for prayer. He asked for, he didn't ask for an encouraging word. He asked Yeshua to heal his son. Sometimes you don't receive from God because you're asking for the wrong thing. You're asking for a prayer because you don't expect a miracle. You're asking for a word because you don't expect a sign or a wonder. Are you prepared to do the works he did? Are you prepared for someone to ask you to heal their son, to heal their daughter, and have the knowledge not to go into a theological discussion of, well, I can't really heal them. Then why are you there? God said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the devil. That means you can do the works he did. You can heal them. But you don't take credit. You don't go tell anybody, I healed them. You let them say it, but you don't ever say it. Don't ever take credit for what God did. And you don't have to stop and correct everyone's theology because they aren't up with your identity. I said you don't have to correct everyone's theology because they have not grown enough to understand where you are with God. So Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. Was he talking to the man who came to him? 
Why do you think the Lord Jesus made this declaration to the crowd of spectators? Because he probably heard their thoughts and heard their muttering. <laughs> this will put him on the spot. Let's see what he does now. This guy's connected to the king. This ain't some back room parlor trick. He's been called on the spot now. He's been asked, heal my son. And it's asked of somebody who's connected to the power structure that rules our nation. So the Lord Jesus wasn't talking to the man who said, heal my son. He's talking to the crowd of witnesses who are not willing to acknowledge his lordship, who are not willing to come under his kingship, who don't see the Son of God. They see an imposter. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. Natural-minded people have no have to experience something their senses can grasp in order to believe. Well, if he heals me, I'll believe it. Can you believe God when you don't see anything? If you can believe God when you don't see anything, you'll see something. If you have to see something to believe God, you'll never really believe God. Because what you don't understand is, you believe the sign, not the God of the sign. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. How do you distinguish between a believer and a son of God? Between an infidel and a son of God? They show you by the fact they're led of God to align with God's will, plan, and purpose. The natural mind cannot receive spiritual knowledge. If you're getting spiritual knowledge, you're connected. The royal officials said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Do we see faith or desperation? Jesus said to him, Go, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off for home. I want you to note, he didn't ask for a token, a sign, a witness. Well, just in case, why don't you come? Being connected to a king, he knew the word of a king had power. He spoke as one having authority, Mark 1.22. Your faith, trust, will become contagious. Go, your son lives. You must be one with the truth for your words to carry the power and presence of the truth. You say things differently when you believe what you're saying. You say things differently when you're convinced of the truth you're alluding to. Real faith and a word of the Lord is followed by results. 
As he was now going down, his slaves met him saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Then they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. The seventh hour, 1 p.m. He is getting confirmation that no accident has occurred. The son didn't start getting better till the king said, Your son lives. He didn't ask for a sign before, but he checked the signs after because the signs follow the word. So the father knew it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household because he repeated the miracle and stories to his household. The nobleman now has confirmation of the power of the word of a king. Ecclesiastes 8.4 Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, What are you doing? Who you receive determines what you receive. A lot of people can't receive from God because they only received a Savior. They only received forgiveness of their sins. They only received their ticket punch to go to heaven. I know I have been repetition about this, but I have no fear of redundancy. There is a world of difference between getting saved and getting born again. A person who gets saved gets the settlement of their sins. A person who is born again starts an experience. They come under lordship believing that he has conquered death, hell, and the grave and is lord over all creation. Then they start to renew their mind to become the new person that they are. When you were born the first time, you entered into a new realm. You had to learn to control your bowels. You had to learn to eat, to sleep, to walk, to talk, to relate, to comprehend, to understand, to gain knowledge. Most people, unfortunately, get saved and remain stupid. Forty years saved and they're still in diapers. They can't heal the sick, raise the dead, and they don't know who is Lord because just mention the Antichrist and they go into panic mode. The average Christian has more faith in the Antichrist ruling the world than they do in the Lord Jesus Christ ruling the world. But if you were born again, your mind is renewed because you read your new covenant wanting to know about the family you become a part of. If you're born into a family, you take everything to granted. If you're adopted into that family, then you want to learn the family history. You want to learn who everybody is because you do want to know what you become connected with. Being born again is being adopted into the family of faith. 
And so you want to learn what's going on in this family. If you come under lordship, you realize I'm a part of something bigger than my sins. I'm a part of creation. If you repent of your sins, you're forgiven of your sins. If you receive your king, you come under royal rule and provision. Yeshua is Lord. You are called to be his hands. John 14, 12. Ephesians 4, 12. Where do you serve the kingdom? What will be said of your life? Well, you could count on them. They were there most Sundays. Or they lived a life of giving, serving, loving. They left behind a testimony. I want to see every one of you leave a testimony. And when the Lord Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do, he was talking about the ones who enter the family to become sons of God, who enter the family to learn who they are, who enter the family to become a representative of what the family represents. As a born-again child of God, you represent Satan's defeat. And he hates you for it. As a born-again child of God, you represent victory over death, hell, and the grave. And he hates you for it. As a born-again child of God, you represent hope in the midst of a storm. You represent peace in the midst of a battle. You represent victory in the face of defeat. You represent all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples. He never said make converts. He said make disciples. In the world we have an expression for a person who gives birth to a child and then abandons them. They're called an unfit parent. In the church, we have a word for people who birth people in the kingdom of God and then fail to disciple them and train them in the way of the Lord. They're called soul winners, evangelists. Raise up sons unto God because if they don't come under Father, they have no Father. If they have no Father, the Word of God says they're bastards. They're born, but they're not bred. Do your best to instill the truth of who God is in every person you tell about God. Don't be an unfit parent giving birth to someone you don't intend to disciple, to nurture, to set an example in front of that they can follow. It's not enough to get someone born again. He said, make disciples. 
teach them what you know about God. You don't have to know everything, but you can teach them what you know about God. The world can be changed, not by people getting saved, but by people becoming sons. This miracle teaches us some things. Lordship makes a difference. The whole crowd was there, but only one person was connecting to the source of power. The whole crowd was there to observe, to look, to see. Is he going to do something big? Is he going to do something great? As you begin to do the works of the king, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out the devils, setting captives free, don't become enamored by the crowd who wants to see another sign, another miracle, wants to see you do something. It's not what you do that matters. It's who you properly represent that does. There are those, and the Word talks about it, we did miracles in your name. We cast out devils. And he said, depart from me, I never knew you. He didn't say, depart from me, because although you start out well, you didn't finish well. He said, I never knew you. You see, there are people who are possessed by demons who are doing miracles, signs, and wonders to the senses, but not to the spirit. You see, one demoniac can break the work of another demon if he exceeds him in rank. So a witch can stop pain and suffering that someone is enduring because they're attacked of the devil. Just because you see a sign or a wonder doesn't mean it's a miracle of God. And there are those who will go for the power over the presence any day and because they went for the power rather than the authority and presence of God God will say depart from me I never knew you you might have been invoking the name of Jesus when you did what you did but you were of the devil masquerading just like a certain sorcerer who the disciples met and he was doing signs and wonders but they weren't miracles of God and the people were thinking he was of God because he said I'm doing the work of God understand in your life you'll meet charlatans that's why I've taught you never hear anything here Hear it here, or don't believe it, or follow it. It's not what you see with your eyes. It's what God confirms in your spirit. 
because I've seen meetings where people were speaking in a demonic tongue and nobody recognized it. Oh, they're speaking in tongues, but it's of the devil. The devil will masquerade and try and copy everything that God does because he is a liar, a cheat, and a thief. You have a commission. Do greater works than he did. You have an authority. Go therefore. You have a God who said whatever you ask that aligns with the identity of the anointed Redeemer, Yeshua as Lord, I'll do that. It doesn't mean if you just put Jesus on the end of every prayer you pray, you're guaranteed an answer. I can guarantee you failure on most of your prayer. Because if it doesn't align with the purpose to which you were called, God doesn't have to honor your babbling. Real prayer aligns with the Word of God. Real prayer is uh, inspired by the Word of God. Real prayer has the Word of God as a foundation. Not your need, not your want, not your desire. If your prayer is based out of your need, your want, your desire, it's not prayer. And there's no faith in it. Faith says, God, your word says, therefore I know. With his stripes I'm healed. Not, God, if you don't heal me, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's not faith. I said before you, blessing and cursing. Do the work he did and there's blessings. Do the work you want to do and there's cursing. Because it's not what you want to do that matters. It's what God directs you to do and what God calls you to. Because some people achieve greatness by carrying someone else's coat while they minister. Some people achieve greatness by ministering. Some people achieve greatness by praying in the work and the workers that do the manifestations of God. And they may be unheralded in this world, but in the world to come, great is their reward because they laid the foundation. R.W. Schambach went to a little town in Pennsylvania to hold a crusade. And from the day the tent went up, miracles and signs and wonders began to flow. And he said, God, I am on a streak now. And God said, you had nothing to do with this meeting. That little mother sitting on that side of the tent has prayed for years for this revival. You just stepped in to her answered prayer. Be willing to be nobody so you can become somebody because you represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we've delivered your word. And your word is changing and transforming our thinking and our doing. And we are becoming new in you, being conformed to your image and walking in your likeness, doing your deeds. Father, I thank you.
for miracles, signs, and wonders that will flow because this people arise in your name and in your power, and they do exploits in the name of the Lord, and they set the captives free. Father, I thank you for a year of the miraculous and the supernatural. As your spirit moves us into a new realm, a new arena, and a new level of expectation of your goodness. I call this people blessed, healthy, wealthy, wise, and overflowing in your goodness. And I decree, no weapon formed against them shall prosper. No tongue rising in judgment, no curse, no incantation, or fleshly prayer shall stand. But your word shall command the blessings and make a place for their reward. And the people said, Amen. You're loved, you're blessed. Hug somebody, go with God.